For in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. And when she said that, and I had a message already planned and prepared that I was going to teach on, I was excited about the word God gave me. But the Holy Spirit quickened me when she said, don't be weary. When I heard that word weary, the Holy Ghost said, that's it. And I stepped in when she finished and said, everybody that's been weary been having a fight with weariness. You're tired. You feel like giving up. Come down here. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how many people came to the altar. I said, God said that he's going to give you strength. He will give strength to the weary. Amen. And I had just been studying that God strengthens you in your spirit. We've been praying those Ephesians prayers. I've been asking everybody to pray those three times a day for this month. In Ephesians chapter 3, it says that you might be strengthened with might. That's power in your inner man by the Holy Ghost. So God can strengthen you in your heart, in your spirit. He'll give you strength that will give you power to say no to sin. Then I found a scripture in Psalm 138 that God will give strength to your soul. That's your mind, your will, your emotions, so that I can be strong mentally. I can have a strong will to serve God. I can be strong emotionally with the strength of God. Hallelujah. And then I found out that God strengthens our mortal body, that he'll even strengthen your body. He gives strength to your body. I mean, you need physical strength. Physical strength comes from the Lord. The Bible says that God gives breath to all men. The reason why you are breathing and that you are alive today is because you are living off of the breath of God. He's the strength of your life. That's what David said when he said, the Lord is the strength of my life. And the Bible says, the Lord is my strength and shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, with my song will I praise him. God wants to be your strength, and then he wants to show himself strong on your behalf. Amen? Now, that scripture that Pastor Cece quoted comes out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. The first part of it says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season, everybody say in due season. Due season is the word means at the opportune time. It is a kairos time, which means a time appointed by God. It is not a time you set. It is a time on his calendar that he calls a due season when it's time for you to reap the harvest from what you've been sowing. Don't be weary in well-doing, for in due season you shall reap if you don't faint. Moffat's translation says, never let us grow tired of doing what is right. For if we do not faint, we shall reap a harvest at the opportune time. Philip's translation says, let us not grow tired of doing good, for unless we throw in our hand, the ultimate harvest is assured. He said, if you don't throw your hand in, the harvest is guaranteed. Tay's translation says, and let us not get tired of doing what is right, for after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. Amen. So sometimes when you are doing all the right things and it seems like you're not being rewarded 
for all the good seeds you're putting in the ground, the Bible gives us a word of encouragement not to give up and not to grow weary in well-doing. Don't ever get tired of doing what's right. Don't ever get tired of reading your Bible. Don't ever get tired of praying. Don't ever get tired of giving. Don't ever get tired of going to church. Don't ever get tired of witnessing and sharing your faith. Don't ever get tired of fellowshipping with other believers. Don't be weary in doing what's right. Don't ever get tired of helping other people. Don't be weary in doing what's right. Don't get tired of being honest when you see so many prospering because they're dishonest. You know, you can get weary looking at the, the wicked prosper. There's two prosperities. There's the prosperity of the righteous and there's the prosperity of the wicked, and they look just alike on the surface, but they have two different destinations going in opposite directions. And that's what people don't understand. The Bible talks about the prosperity of the wicked. They can prosper in this world, but their end is not. And there's the prosperity of the righteous, which on the surface look just alike, look just alike, but have a great destination. So don't be weary in doing what's right, and don't be discouraged when you see people that's not serving God having a good, you giving your tithes and offerings, and they buying boats and cars and new suits and dresses, fancy hats, new shoes. The devil will come tipping up to you and say, yeah, you could have that if you wasn't giving all your money to the church down. All right, I ain't going to get too many amens on that. I don't believe we had to worry about nobody giving all their money to the church. Ain't nobody giving all their money to the church. Don't you quit that lie right now. I'm giving all my money. No, you ain't. You ain't giving all your money to the word weary means to gasp. It means to be exhausted. It means to tire, to get tired, to be fatigued, to be worn with exertion, to be discontented or vexed by continued endurance. Sometimes you're having to put up with a situation for a long time. You have to be long-suffering. And some people get tired of suffering long. How many of you ever been tired of suffering long? You got weary, say, boy, I've been waiting on this situation to turn around. I don't like it going to turn around. Let me just, let me, look, I've been believing God to move. It just don't seem like God doing nothing here. And I'm tired. I'm, you know, I need a change. There ain't been no change. And I'm tired of waiting on a change. I done run out of patience. How many of you, I done had it up there. Here. I'm out of patience. I'm going to tell you how to prevent weariness. The Holy Spirit is going to show us. Now, we've been teaching on prayer, and the Bible says men ought always pray and not faint. Jesus gave us the invitation to pray because when you pray, you're giving God an invitation to get involved with your life. God has to have an invitation from you to really work in your life the way he wants to. Every time you pray, you're invoking God to be a partner with you, to come and help you, to fellowship with you. Prayer is a two-way street. It's where you speak and he listens. And then he speaks and then you listen. When I pray, I'm inviting God to be involved in my life. You see, the proud seek not the Lord, neither is he in their thoughts. Prideful people will not pray because they feel like they don't need the Lord or they got it covered, they take care of themselves. They don't need no outside intervention. And there's a lot of people in the world think that when you pray, you just got a crutch. 
Well, I'm going to tell you what, you ain't taking my crutch from me. Go ahead and call it what you want to call it. You can call me crutch, cripple, anything you want to. But I know in whom I believe, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. And I committed me to him. And he's able to keep me against that terrible day of judgment. Hallelujah. The Bible says pray with all kinds of prayer and supplication in the spirit. So there's many different kinds of prayers. And they're not all prayed by the same rules. Amen. So we're going to be teaching on prayer. You know, the disciples came to Jesus after they had saw him pray. And they saw his prayer life. And one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Like John also taught his disciples to pray. So prayer can be learned. You can learn how to pray. You can learn the principles of prayer. Amen. They can be taught, so I'm going to be teaching on prayer. Amen. But prayer is partnership with God. It is where you enter into fellowship with him. It's where divine exchange takes place. I was walking and praying one morning. Matthew 7, 7 came to me. Ask and you shall what? Receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So I was praying that and I said, Lord, what's that? He said this. Prayer is the place where you receive what you've been asking for. It's the place where you find what you've been looking for. And it's the place where things open up to you. Where doors open. So he said, every time you pray, expect to receive something, find something, or have some door open up to you. And so, boy, that got me excited about praying because now I'm not just going through the motions, but now I have expectation when I pray that God is going to meet me in prayer and he's going to fellowship with me and there's going to be an exchange. I'm going to exchange my weakness for his strength. I'm going to exchange my lack for his abundance. I'm going to exchange my sickness and my disease for his divine health and strength. You see, I'm going to exchange my foolishness for his wisdom. I'm going to exchange my sadness for his joy. I'm going to exchange my grief for his peace. Prayer is a place of a divine exchange. When you spend time with God, God doesn't take that as a light thing because you have then answered the call to prayer. And then the Holy Ghost will help you in prayer. We got two intercessors, the Holy Ghost and Jesus. We can't lose. If we keep our eyes stayed on the master. Holy Ghost being to move through you with divine utterance. Start praying in the spirit. And you're praying out mysteries in intercession. Intercession literally means to build a wall around. When you intercede for the lost... You're building a wall of protection around them until them fools can get saved. <laughs> I don't mean that in a derogatory way, because I was once a fool myself. How, how many fools we had here for you? Now I'm a fool for Christ. I was a fool for the devil, now I'm a fool for Christ. <laughs> Intercession builds a wall of protection around your family, around your job, around your income, around your health, 
around every area of your life, when you intercede and when you pray for other people, you're inviting God to get involved in their lives. So don't stop praying and interceding because it is in prayer that God accomplishes what he wants to do in the earth. And it is through prayer that God does what he wants to do in you. You stop praying, you're going to get puny and weak and weary and worn and torn and tattered and beaten. <laughs> you stop praying, it's like your supply line been cut off. People don't want to pray because it's hard on their flesh because it interferes with their schedule. But it's one of the most important things that you can do as a believer is to keep that line of communication open so you have your individual prayer life, but there's also a corporate prayer life. Peter didn't just pray by himself. John didn't just pray by himself. Paul didn't just pray by himself. They had prayer partners, people that they prayed together. In fact, Paul was released to fulfill his ministry in a prayer meeting with other believers as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, as they did it. The Holy Ghost said, the Holy Ghost says things in corporate prayer meetings that he won't speak to you in your private prayer time. Most people don't believe that, but they were so committed to prayer, they said we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. We're not going to stop praying, and we're not going to stop ministering the word, getting the word in us and sharing the word. Prayer is so important. And it's one of the keys to you being able to continue on because when you pray, you get re-energized and reinvigorated, and you get revived in prayer. Cece gave us a scripture. That God says, I'll revive you. You get revived. You know, sometimes when we're out there in that world and we're bumping and rubbing shoulders with demons and, and people that the devil's in control of that make life hard on you, that rub you the wrong way, sometimes your spiritual energy can be just like a battery, just drain you. Take all your energy dealing with some people. I mean, you know, some people just drain you. You get around them and just like all, all your strength, you were shouting in the morning, and when you and when you left out of that room with that person that you you dragged. Oh Lord, have mercy. Gee, have mercy on me, gee. All your spiritual energy, that vim, vig, and vitality that you had is somehow gone, done leaked out of you. What do you do? You run back to that place of prayer. See, Jesus knew when it was time for him to separate himself and get back in a place of prayer. And then he knew when his disciples were getting weary. Remember when he noticed that they were tired? They had been serving and blessing and being a blessing to other people. And Jesus said, come apart for a while and rest and be refreshed. Because I don't want you boys to get weary on me. Because when you get weary, your attitude goes out the door. 
When you get weary, you're going to salt fuse. When you get weary, you're like a snapping turtle, like a bad bulldog, wanting to bite everything that come around you. Children walk in and say, Mama, Mama, get, get out of here right now. I ain't got time for you. When you get weary, you ain't got no patience. Your long suffering is gone. You know when you get weary with a situation? Oh, I'm going to tell you, some of y'all lose your religion. Some of you revert back. You just have a flashback. Just. Stuff starts coming out your mouth you ain't said in five years. Ten years. When you get weary, oh, you're a miserable creature. <laughs> right? When you're weary, it's hard to walk in love when you're weary. You don't want to love them, you want to kick them. <laughs> when you're weary, you ain't got no kind words coming out. They're sharp, sarcastic, condescending. Some of y'all won't fight when you get weary. Just be honest about it. You'll hit anything, come around. Bible say, don't be weary in well doing. For in due season, you're going to reap if you don't give up. Now, turn to Isaiah chapter 40. Don't be weary in well doing. Here, God's going to give us a word that will help us to know what to do when we start feeling weariness come on us. See, weariness just don't overtake you by surprise. You can tell when you start getting tired with a situation. You can tell when it starts keeping you up at night. Isaiah 40. Look at verse 28. Have you not known, have you not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainted not, neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. So you see, God is not weary, and he is never weary with us. Because his mercies endure forever. Amen. Amen. So there's something about the character and the nature of God that don't allow him to be weary. And God has decided of his own volition to share that part of him with us. So that we are not weary when it comes to doing the right thing. Listen to this. He gives power to the faint. What does he do? So you mean I can have power from God? That God will give power to me? To the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. So when your tank run low, you need to get back in a place of prayer. You need to go pray again and say, Lord, forgive me for my attitude, but I'm getting weary with this, and I need help right now. And you need to start praying in the Holy Ghost and let God pour strength and power back into you. Amen. 
you know, you can have different measures of strength working in you. You can be real strong or you can be a little strong, right? I mean, you know, physically it's like that. Some days you're real, real strong, and some days you just don't seem like I don't have the energy today. Well, spiritual strength is the same way, but God wants you to stay strong. He doesn't want you to be weak because when you're weak, you become vulnerable. Listen to this. He gives power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. He's talking about without God. Even young people will get weary without God. He said, but they that wait upon the Lord. They that wait, those that serve him. They that wait, those that get in a place of prayer, waiting on God, listening for God, seeking God, inquiring of God, fellowshipping with God. Giving, thanksgiving. I'm going to tell you, if you find yourself like that, you're repenting your sin real quick, and then immediately you start praising God and giving him thanks and glorifying his name. Psalm 100. And into his gates with what? Thanksgiving. Into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So when you're weary, you need to start blessing him and reminding yourself of all the goodness that's working in your life right then. People get weary when they forget about the goodness of God. You can't see God working. I'm going to tell you, you got to know he's working. You got to know it by faith. Listen to this. They that wait upon the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. So your strength can be renewed. It can be refreshed. It can be revived. It can be restored. Your strength can be recovered. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Whoo! They will mount up with wings like eagles. Eagles don't fly around on the ground. Where you find an eagle at? An eagle flies effortless. They just make slight adjustments. And they let the wind take them where they want to go. And then an eagle has very sharp eyesight. See, these are some of the benefits in prayer God set you in a place where he take the toll out of your life. Where you move with the wind of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And where you see, where he sharpened your vision to see what you need to do. And he sharpened your ears in prayer. It is in the place of prayer that God sharpens you and gives you discernment about what's going on in your life. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. They that do what? Wait upon the Lord. Those that get in the presence of God, those that get into that place of prayer. And that place of prayer does not need to be a place that you visit every now and then. That place of prayer needs to be regular, consistent, persistent, continual. That place of prayer needs to be something that you live for, the presence of God. When you get in the presence of God, he begins to take that weakness out of you and replace it with his strength. So you can go on another day. I don't have to live tomorrow's trials today. Some of y'all trying to... 
live tomorrow's trials today. You're trying to handle tomorrow today. When Jesus said, don't take any thought about tomorrow, he said, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He said, just make it through this day. Get the strength you need today. Get the wisdom you need today. When you wake up in the morning, ask God what you need to do for that day. And he'll lead you through it all the time. God ain't worried about what's going to happen tomorrow. You shouldn't be either. I don't care what kind of report you got. Just make it through today. Be strong today. Wait on him today. Get the wisdom you need for today. And then tomorrow you get up in the morning and say, Lord, I'm back again. I remember one day, me and CC was asleep. And our door was closed, our bedroom. And I got up that morning, and I opened the door. And guess who was standing there? Gabriel. And he looked at me and said, hey, it's me. It's me. What were you doing? How long you been standing there? He was there waiting. That's where we need to be with God. Every day we get up, we say, Lord, I'm back. Need you again today, Lord. What we going to do about today, Lord? Show me what I need to do. My ears open, my eyes want to see. My heart's for you. Show me what I need to do today. Give me an instruction to make it through today. I know you're working on my case. He's your father. He's not going to turn you down. He's not going to deny you the help you need. He's always going to show you what you need to do. He wouldn't ask you to seek him and then him hide from you. He's not playing games. He say, seek me and you'll find me when you search with everything that's in you. That's the requirement. Seek me with everything you got. Which means you got a word of God. One more scripture. All right. Praise the Lord. Turn to Psalm chapter 27. God said, I will show myself strong on your behalf. Amen. So take that word today and believe that God will demonstrate his strength. You see, God is looking for a place to show himself strong, to demonstrate his strength, to put his strength on display. He wants to do something so great for you that it'll blow your mind, something you ain't never even imagined, something that will surprise you. Something that will bless you greatly. Look at verse 13. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of God, of the Lord, in the land of the living. He said, I would have fainted if I hadn't been living by faith, if I had not believed to see God's goodness. So when I ask, is there anybody out there believing God? There better be somebody out here believing God. Oh, you gonna pray? Glory to God. 
You've been listening to Living by the Word with your host, Greg Tejada, pastor of the Word Christian Center in Alexandria, Louisiana. I trust that you received the Word of God that will change your life and make you strong. This message is available for a gift of $8 postage paid. If you would like a copy of today's message, call us at 318-442-8100. That's 318-442-8100. Or write us at P.O. Box 13195, Alexandria, Louisiana, 71315. We invite you to join us every Sunday morning at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. and on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. for worship service. We're located at 4701 Lee Street, just two blocks off MacArthur Drive. Until next time, may God richly bless you. I learned many things in my life, straight away from some of them. But this one thing is very valuable to me. Let me tell you what it is. I'm learning.